The sun rises over the tops of the mountains, and its light filters through the overture canopy's branches, shining on a veritable sea of volcanic glass sand and Joshua trees. A dirge of Mormbende pokes their heads out of the mouth of a cave as the cool wind gusts through to compose music only they can hear. In the distance, a choir of switchbacks begins to sing their hunting cries. Life in the auditorio of Yor flourishes as a team of researchers watches on. Hi folks, welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GMless tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can still find us on Twitter, no we will not be calling it X, at FTLcast and FTLcast.com. Uh, we are also on Tumblr at FTLcast and we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FTLcast. Today we're playing Exquisite Biome, a game of speculative biology by Caro Ascension with art by Cy Sweetman. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. Exquisite Biome is a game about the natural world, the creatures that inhabit it, and the ways they live alongside each other. During play, you'll generate an ecosystem and use prompts and questions to discover and create the creatures that live there. I'm Jade. You can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet at jadeoxfordrose, and my pronouns are they, them. Playing with me today, first and foremost, we have a guest, Aaron, if you'd like to introduce yourself and tell people where they can find you on the internet. Hello! Uh, my name is Aaron Catano Saez. I am a voice actor and podcaster and occasional tabletop RPG enjoyer. You can find me on Twitter. I, too, <laughs> will never call it the fuck that. And you can find me there at Aaron Catano Saez, all one word, or at AaronCatano-Saez.com. Yeah. Hi! I'm excited <laughs> to play. I want to talk about Hell monsters yeah. with y'all. <laughs> oh, uh, pronouns? Oh, yeah, I use he, him pronouns. Uh, we also have Anya. Howdy. I'm Anya. I use they, them pronouns, and I don't use the internet. I do now collect K-pop cards, though, so when I have a bad day, I buy a piece of paper with a boy on it. <laughs> That's your fun <laughs> Anya fact of the recording. <laughs> and we have August. Hello, I'm August. Uh, <laughs> um... I'm marrying you in a couple of months. I just, months. I don't have social media, so I'm just going to give fun Anya facts now. Love that. <laughs> oh, you can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora, on Tumblr at StrangeHarpy. Uh, you can find things that I've written at HarpyDora.itch.io, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm the only person whose name doesn't start with the letter A today. This is a novelty. Um, oh, that's it's true. A that's cute. A. It's a silent A. It's it's uh it's it's in German we're ya. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and if you're at home, your name can start with A too, if you believe. This is true. <laughs> um, we'll get. All you have to do um, is change your name. Sorry. <laughs> Exquisite Biome has a safety section that we'll get into, but as per usual, our usual lines and veils, uh, things that we absolutely do not want to see uh, in our games are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, plagues and pandemics. Our veils, which are things we're fine to address on, uh, address, but we will just fade black on, are theme situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Now that we've got all that out of the way, let's get started. Woo! Yay! 
Can I read the intro? Absolutely. Please. Okay. Um, uh, the Bird's Eye View. Exquisite Biome is a game about the natural world, the creatures that inhabit it, and the ways they live alongside each other. During play, you will generate an ecosystem and use prompts and questions to discover and create the creatures that live there. You can play it alone or in a group by building on each other's ideas together. To play, you will need a standard 52 deck of cards with the jokers removed. You may also want a place to take notes and writing or drawing instruments for everyone at the table. The best part about this game, this is me. Hi, Aaron. Hi, everyone. Um, It's super chill. And so it's kind of, we're all going to kind of hang out and get to know each other better, talking about uh, this creature that we're going to decide where it lives and how it functions by flipping cards and kind of just throwing ideas wildly at each other and building on top of each other. You know, it's going to be, I'm, I'm very excited. This is like a summer camp icebreaker game. <laughs> um, for it. Who would like, would anybody like to pull the first card so we can find the lay of the land establishing your environment? Do we want to do that before we discuss the level of realism? Oh, true. I forgot about that. I fucked up. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, an important thing in Exquisite Biome is discussing the level of realism because we can go like super high fantasy or at times this game can be very like bio class heavy where you discuss like its place in nature and the reality of science and things like that. And we kind of decide if we want to fucking do that or not. How do y'all feel? What are you feeling today? I'm more inclined to lean like uh, either alien or like fantasy, uh, just because uh, that way I feel less constrained by getting actual science facts right. But I know for a fact Danielle will listen to this oh, yeah. and judge me later. <laughs> they won't judge anybody else yeah. later, but we're co-hosts on another podcast, so... <laughs> I mean, I enjoy applying spec bio to to fantasy and and sci-fi yeah. creatures, uh, but oh, I'm I'm also a fan of throwing realism uh, at least partially out the window, because uh, if if my little guy can't be you know a, a little guy with lots of limbs and eyes and impossible appendages, then what are we even doing here? I am with that. I, I like that as well. That's my pitch as well for this is uh, realism kind of like in an application of a fantasy world, <laughs> if that makes mm -hmm. any sense. Oh, where yeah. You kind of have to justify like magic, if not if like nature and magic or something and sci fi and tech. So you can kind of make up nature to a level of degree as you want. Like, oh, in this world, the wind works this way. So birds fly by swimming through gelatin. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, it, being able to define nature as we see fit and the rules of nature is kind mm -hmm. of like the fantasy element. How is do, that, how do you that. feel about what? that, Anya? Yeah. I'm here for the ride. <laughs> I like it. Fuck you. No, like justifying interesting choices or narrative choices you want is one of my favorite elements of doing like yes. TTRPG world building. Uh, a game yes. I ran a while back. Uh, it was very, it was very sort of cyberpunk, um, but and I wanted to justify the noir vibe of it always raining in the city. So it was built into the backstory that it was due to a fault with the terraforming. So it's just always fucking raining. Because they miss the technology friction like slightly, but yeah, just as a way to justify the noir tropes of yeah, yeah, always yeah. having it overcast and wet, just like oh, we fucked up. Because it's fun to think about. We're gonna be like we're just hanging. This is like 
Listener, imagine all of us in like hammocks, like chilling, hanging out, looking up at the clouds of the stars and being like, what if the bird, you know, just likes to swim, man? (laughs) (laughs) The vibe I'm going for is chilling and chatting about Mm -hmm. aminals that don't exist. Love that. Cool. Um, So how we we feel. Yeah. We should discuss if there are any particular animals that people don't like, uh, oh, have true. like a visceral uh, ill, uh, any uh, phobias uh, for our listeners as well, uh, so we can know if anything's being pulled off the table. I'm not great with mold. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. To be cool. honest. It's, it gives me a little bit of an ick. I would, I would rather yeah. not have detailed descriptions of that. Great. I'm good with whatever. I just I just want to make a zany little guy. Cool. So mold. Anything else? I'm a big fan of horror, so that it'd be hard to creep me out. <laughs> cool. Fair. Great. Um, but yeah, Aaron, any, anything you want to add to the lines and vowels? Um, no, because I mean, meaning we kind of covered like I love to call it like the don't be a shithead in 2023 uh, starter kit of lines <laughs> and veils where it's like all of these things where I'm like, yeah, yeah, this stuff should not come up, especially in a game of exquisite biome. So I'm all about it. I love what you guys have set up. I am a big fan of uh, not including any of those things like in life. So I I'm, I love it. I think just general like uh. No, I just know it won't come up. Like, I doubt any of us are going to have, like, um, well, for listeners who've always played this game, I like another uh, another line or veil is, uh, or just a line, is um, harm to animals that's not in, like, a. we're not talking about, like, nature discussion. Like, yeah. it being, oh, this thing eats this is not that the same as describing an explicit scene of, like, violence toward an animal. Yeah, that's you know? very much what our line is, is, like people doing acts yeah, of violence to exactly exactly non-sapien and animals you, and for anyone listening i think that especially i played this at a con last week and it was an important discussion of like we're going to talk about nature and its place in biology but don't forget that it also has a strong line of like that means like we're probably not going to talk about like poaching you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah and it's just important to set up these things, especially if you've played with, if you're playing with strangers, mm. it is, you know, cause some people think, you know, it's, it's, we're always going to draw equivalence to the real world when we play this game. And it's an important distinction because the real world sucks when it comes to treatment of animals. Mm-hmm. How do we feel? We ready? Feeling good. Mm, yeah. Let's, let's start pulling some cards. Who would like to draw the first card? Uh, I think because you are the guest, that should be uh, your honor. All right, I will minimize this window on my iPad, go to roll 20, and I will do this. Eh, dragging it. (laughs) Seven of clubs. Now, let me open my game again. So this is establishing the lay of the land. It's setting up our bio, our ecosystem. So it is a mountainous region because I got a seven, and it is cool and dry where this animal lives. God, I wish that were here. (laughs) is <laughs> outside at the warm, humid British weather. Like, fuck you. Does anybody have any initial thoughts about our mountainous region that is warm, cool, and dry? Any images that you get that jump out at you that you want to make canon? Um. Um. 
I'm I'm a fan of my roots, which are like the Great Smoky Mountains, but the Great Smoky Mountains Ooh. are 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 not dry. But I'm thinking I like the old mountains, you know, they're they're kind mm. of stooped and low because they've been around for so long. They've been worn down by the weather. They're not like this these upstart Rockies. They're Oh. Cool. Mm, I like please guys. continue. I'm just gonna continue to gush underneath of things that you say. Because <laughs> I'm I'm loving what you're I'm picking up what you're putting down. Please continue. Um uh. you know, Cave systems older than bones. Oh, come on. That, come on. You just <laughs> casually threw that in there. That slaps. So um, what I would will say is if they're old cave systems older than bones is this environment, it might not, it doesn't have to, the creature doesn't have to inhabit this. However, this mountainous read, the creature doesn't have to live in the caves, but they are interconnected tunnels through the mountain ranges that are like horrifyingly cop- complex, almost like an ant complex through Ooh. in this in these old mountains. Like these tunnel are they tunnels or caves? What do you think? That's a good question. I raise my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I like the visual of like a rabbit warren. So you've got like tunnels, oh, but also you get these big pockets of the yes. larger uh, little areas. Do we know what was in those rabbit warrens at some point? Mm. You know, or is it like no one knows? Or like, because we can either take the kind of with this game, we can be like researchers, like we don't know everything, or we're kind of the narrator and we just say like, we don't know, like no one knows. You know, we're either kind of the overlooking creator of this this ecosystem, or we're like researchers who don't know everything about it. We can't say we don't know right now, too. I I do like the idea of us being researchers because that leaves I feel like that leaves a lot of room for play to find out what happens. Yeah, I like the idea of the unknown. I like that. Oh, I yes. also like the notion that because of the age and how well defined this network is, it's clear that different species have used this system over oh. however many long like in the same way that, like, to, to refer to our own real world, like, you'll often see animals claim old dens once bigger yes. species have moved on. I love that. Yeah, just that notion of things have always lived here. These caves may be older than bones, but there's definitely bones. Oh, yeah. Um, Can I ask a question about cool and dry? Mm. Is this... Uh, um, is where we find this creature because it's cool and dry in a mountain range. And I'm like, huh, that's odd. Um, is it like above the cloud line? Is the mountain big? Uh, does the mountain go above clouds? And is this where this creature is, or is just that that's just what the climate is? Hmm. Or is where we find this creature somewhere like so high up it's above the moisture of clouds? What if it's something? more arid like um one of my partners lives uh in albuquerque so it's new mexico so it's very granted that's hot but like a almost like a cold desert kind of okay vibe that sorry that's so that bangs (laughs) almost like a cold desert is there sand in this cold desert what if there's something that looks like sand stop it 
Go home. That fucking hits. <laughs> um, is it is it glass? Ooh, that would be sick. It's meaning grains of glass, like you know what I mean. Like like volcanic glass sand, almost. Okay, yeah, it is now because that's a way better description than what if it's glass from Aaron. Um, <laughs> volcanic glass sand, and it's a cold desert. It has a lot of implications of like what this region is, what it might have used to be, you know, because it it also like. If you're saying Albuquerque, New Mexico, what we know about like that region of the American West in our world that we can like shift in fantasy land is like there used to be a fucking ocean and shit there, mm. you know, in, in, but beyond ancient times in the United States. So I love the idea that like, OK, so I'll ask you, why is it a desert? Why is it a cold desert? Did, is it natural disaster? Did something happen? Did animals leave and change the ecosystem? I got a pitch. Mm hmm. What if big magical incident memoriam ago, like something went down and just turfed it? Like, <laughs> I love that a lot. It. Some people say a meteor hit. Others say wizards had beef. We don't know. Okay. Okay. That's I'm. Last. I'm gonna pitch though. Hmm. Hit me. If this happened so long ago, the wizards may not have even been human wizards. They could have been Oh yeah. Like wizardry oh, yeah. and magic use exists among like many different creatures. So it could have been two salamander wizards that had beef with each other. Oh yeah. Okay. I love that. But we It doesn't have to be salamanders, but you know, ancient Well it is now. I'm so sorry, but you've made it canon. You said it. You <laughs> it's this... Sala wizards. This is the this is the progenitor of the salamander species seen in the ultraviolet catastrophe. Ah, divergent okay. evolution. Sometimes they become okay. wizards. Sometimes they become just little guys who hop between yeah. universes. Who so knows? what we know is that this is a mountainous, cold desert region of volcanic like obsidian glass yes the sand mm -hmm. it is warm it is cool and dry and we know that this place was shaped by some kind of disaster whether it be magical or natural do we know was it the salamander wizards of yore or was it just wizards of yore it was it a magical disaster or was it a natural one I'm not sure about August. I do want the Salamander Wizards of Yore to be the episode title, please. <laughs> okay. So I will. So I would like to posit then that the Salamander Wizards of Yore, um, uh, it was was this region once like some kind of like a uh, magical utopia world, and they is it like they reached too far? They wanted too much, and they accidentally summoned meteors, or like volcanoes erupted, or they. Their magic drank the life from the land type of feel. Ooh, I like that last one and the thought that life has and nature has reclaimed this space. Ooh, because enough time has passed. It's been like, has it been like eons, like millennia have passed? Mm. I like that what, idea. What say you? Oh, yes. Excellent. What do you think, Anya? I do like it. I'm sorry. The only thing I thought when you said like, Cool and dry was like Joshua Trees. Hey, Joshua oh. Trees is a really good poll. That is a good poll. 
I okay because the, if, if we can pull the fun thing about Joshua Tree, they're old as fuck, right? That's like mm-hmm. their thing. Mm-hmm. That means that there there is a life. Okay, we can either take is the life form that we're going to talk about left over from the salamanders, uh, the world of the salamanders of yore, or is there just one type of tree that's still around from that era? Ooh. You know, that kind of like Joshua Tree weird immortality. Do we want to apply it to a tree, a plant, or the creature we're going to learn more about? I like the idea of it being like this almost like mother tree and life can thrive here because this tree continues to. Come on. That (laughs) fucking slaps. That's good. So it's sort of, how big is it? Oh, terrifyingly large. By our, like, you look like a comparison, imagine, between like an oak and a redwood. But the redwood is the oak okay. in this equation. Like this is like almost a skyscraper esque to our human. Is it perception. taller than the mountains? Well, we've said it's low stooped mountains. That's true. Oh, so there's a big ass Deku tree in this region. <laughs> in is is the region called Yor? <laughs> <laughs> Are they the salamander wizards of yore? <laughs> I love that so much. I mean, it sounds like they are. Yeah, that's fucking incredible. That's the light Yagami. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Would anyone like to pull the next card to learn more about? Not that we've already fucking not just dis- what. All right, listeners and y'all. That was one card flip, and we learned that much. This game is an imagination yeah. factory. Um, would anyone like to pull a second card? I got it. I got it. Let's uh, let's drop this down on the deck. We have the six of hearts. So a okay. lake or spring, and early morning are the environmental details and the time of day that gives us. Okay. So a spring. I'm thinking. I'm seeing a spring. Is it in one of those rabbit dens that we spoke of before within the mountains? Or is it a, is, is a lake or spring at the base of this uh, mother tree? I do love mountains and caves that have water in them. I mean, I wouldn't want to go yeah. cave, cave swimming because those people are a different breed. Correct. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I can still appreciate a dope-ass mountain lake. Yeah, type vibe, or I like a spring, like that notion of it's coming up from somewhere, and you get like a couple of the caverns are like these deep pools of some. So it's it is within the caves, is what you're saying. I like that visual, for sure. Okay, anybody else? Yeah, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this, um, hmm, do we want to say this is where the our creature lives? Is this where our creature feeds? Is this just a cool detail about the region? We don't have to even bring in the creature yet. Is this something... Okay, it can just be a key detail about the region. Is there something... I'll ask you, nerds, that I love now. (laughs) Is there something magical about this water that's bubbling up from the earth? Is Is it infused with leftover magic of yore that's kind of like buried beneath the ground? Because you said nature reclaimed it. Is... Is the magic that Yor was pulling out and drained, is that bubbling up from these springs? Maybe. How do we feel about these sprangs? I like these sprangs. 
I like I like the idea of there being some magic to these springs, uh, but I also like the idea of that magic being transformative. So like the things that have come in contact with the springs long term experience like maybe some sort of accelerated evolution almost. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's massive. And I love it. Have any of you guys read The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents? Mm-mm. I have not. I have not. It's a great book. It's one of Terry Pratchett's Discworld books for younger readers. And the the core concept is this cat, Maurice, who can talk, and this um, pack of rats. I think a pack is the wrong collective noun. But the rats became intelligent because they were eating refuse from the Unseen University. So they were literally eating magical rubbish and it made them get smarter and maurice got smarter because he's eaten he ate more than one of the rats before he was intelligent enough to know he shouldn't eat other intelligent people um but the whole premise is like this influence of magic just working its way into the natural food chain and just having this permanent effect on some of the uh the creatures on it so does this spring make what, like sentient creatures? I don't think it has to in this case. Does it give them like a form of heightened intelligence? Or maybe it just gives them like cool daredevil esque. Oh, it's like the ooze in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, it does okay. something. It doesn't have to be sapient. Look what you did. Look I've... what you did. <laughs> I remade you made the You made the fucking ooze. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I saw a post not that long ago talking about how what if the ooze that made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the same ooze that got Matt, that hit Matt Murdock and gave him his abilities <laughs> and the, just the notion oh of the God. four turtles adopting Matt as their for, as their like fourth brother. <laughs> That's incredible. Sometimes the internet is good, actually. So now that we know the secret of the ooze, now we have we know the, the secret. secret of the ooze. <laughs> we have cracked the secret of the ooze, and it's from this spring. So it gives animals, not all of them. What do they have to do? Bathe in it, drink it, consume it. Is it uh, exposure to it a long time, or is it like you sip it once and you're like, oh, all of a sudden you can like do math or like speak or have ninja powers? <laughs> I feel like it's more interesting if it's a long-term thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like accelerated evolution almost. Mm -hmm. Or like an alternate evolutionary path. Almost. Yeah, or like I think you have to maybe, it you have to be in proximity to this lake or like eating stuff that lives in it or grows from it. And it has to be oh. a long, you can't just like oh. take a day trip to the ooze and come away with, a, okay. with something I... special. But like, what I that mm. sorry go ahead sorry I'm like, talking just, too much no you're not you're great um, but just <laughs> this notion of being around it for for prolonged periods and like it, I do think maybe you have to ingest it or, whether it's like via the skin or through um, the digestive system but your body has to process enough of it over a long enough period of time to make these changes and then if the animals once they've done changing. Then it gets into the evolutionary path chain. However, what I really like about this is it's it's not the fountain of youth. Like we couldn't just go there, chug this stuff. It's like you have to be an active participant in the cycle of life in mm. the region of your 
<laughs> in order to uh, uh, kind of get whatever does does all life therefore have this property of things are different here they are more they're just they're not like their evolutionary counterparts all plants all animals because they're all taking place they're all having to do with magic water interesting anybody have thoughts i feel like that's a question say... that i'm sorry go ahead jade no i was just gonna say i was gonna oh, let's throw this over to team a but team a is also including aaron today normally team a <laughs> is august and anya <laughs> it's fine i'm the lone J today this is working yep. for me I think that this is actually a question that might be fun to find out in play as researchers. True, true, true. True. Because true, 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 true. we we may not know that, but like as we discover these creatures, we may uh we may come up with hypotheses about the answer to that question. Cool. So we want to learn about the creature finally. Let's want to learn about some creatures. That's the next section. What about the fact that it's early morning? What does that oh, okay. change about things or add to things? Because it's a cold, dry place. So, like, dealing with, like, the rise of the sun, and even if we're, like, largely underground, is there something about the minerals of these mountains and the effect that whatever form of day-night cycle it is has on this rock? whatever mineral this this mountain range and these caverns grow on like there's so, there is a massive tree so one has to assume it's it's photosynthesizing or doing something that our tiny earth human brains would recognize as photosynthesizing photosynthesizing to stay alive so there's this implies a day night cycle oh god yes so um, may i make a pitch about the rock what are you thinking about that rock <laughs> what i think about that rock is in the morning when the sun first rises over the horizon and touches the stone of these mountains of this these these small mountain ranges i want to make a big pitch you feel free to shut it down the tunnels shift and connect in different ways every day oh. the rocks kind of churn and move and almost come up because i think about stalactites stalagmites of this water dripping through them and their springs within the caves. Perhaps the rocks themselves change and grant properties. And mm. every day they kind of move and groan their bones and rearrange and move their bodies. And that makes the tunnels always connect in different ways every single day. I'm going to riff on that because I love that so much. What if this mountain range or these mountains is less of what we might think of as mountains. Think more like a sea sponge. Oh! And that effect... Like how, what, how do you mean? Well, because of that, like, we've talked about... We've already talked about this interwoven structure within it, but the implication of it being something vegetable, as it were, as opposed to mineral, mm. that it is reactive to not only... I love that. The notion of, like it shifts with the daylight or like it requires the energy that comes with the sun hitting it to yeah. move to grow maybe this say, mountain enjoy yeah, that yeah and just like it makes you wonder like how we we've talked about these mountains being old how far underground do they go like we said they're low mountains above ground sure 
how long have they been growing and changing and shifting below the surface of this earth or this planet? I just had a terrible thought. Do it. Please. No such thing. Let's let's bring a little body horror into this. What if these yes. mountains are like teeth and oh. have uh, have roots that go down into into the ground that are somehow distinct from the material around it like you know like jade was talking about them being more more vegetable than uh than mineral just what if they're like teeth and what we see up top is uh just a fraction of what what you know digs down mm -hmm. beneath this is viscerally upsetting in a way that i really enjoy <laughs> to be quiet i'm sorry no it's good so the mountain range is essentially a creature that is big beyond comprehension. Or a piece of one. Or a piece of one. Like that's just the teeth that ride, that poke out of the dirt. Is big. that what we're saying? That's what the research team is here to find out. Woof. Oh my god. Do, do we want to discover creatures? Do we want to move on? I would love to discover what or yeah. who is living here. Okay, so we need three cards flipped. Uh, guess I can flip one since I have not yet. Yeah, please. Go right ahead. Wait, you can flip all three if you want. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, this is our first creature card, a general description. We're going to learn about it. Seven of clubs. Okay. That's the so flower looking one, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Clubs Ooh. is reptile or amphibian. And you said a seven? Yes. Oh no, it's a burrower or builder. Yeah, Ooh. baby. Yes. Yes. Fuck. I believe in the heart of the cards. <laughs> the heart of the cards is strong with us today. A burrowing building amphibian. <laughs> okay. So it's a burrower or builder, a reptile or amphibian, or something in between, perhaps. Do you have any thoughts about that? Burrowing amphibian. So, uh, what's like the giant salamander thing? Like, I'm not thinking of Komodo dragons, am I? Um, that's not an amphibian. No, no, there is a there is a giant. It's literally called a giant salamander. Is the, the oh, okay, yeah. It like looks very slippery and shiny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh. Something like that. Oh, what if it's like a cross between that giant salamander, that sort of wet look? But uh, you see how if you look at the picture of one, they've got kind of like these webbed like flippers. What if it's more like a mole's uh, big front claws? For that borrowing element yeah okay so we have like a mole salamander yeah and it's a burrower or builder but why not both honestly <laughs> this is true does this thing tunnel through the caves is this what makes the tunnels hmm. that then change every day Ooh. or are the tunnels natural are that like is that like a hollow circulatory system of the giant creature what if it's symbiotic the implication that it creates the tunnels is great because in theory, like, we're talking about these tunnels as though they're big enough for people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that means this is a big-ass salamander. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. This is a big honking salamander. And the idea that it's kind of working its way through teeth, you know? 
Well, you know how like rats can chew through metal, right? It's not. Yes. Yeah. It, but that notion, just like this, is how strong they are. And but what were we saying about the 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 mountain changing and it having this? What if it is like I was just saying, sort of symbiotic almost? It's not trying to undo what these no. creatures are doing. It works with it, like yes, and that the. the 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 salamoles, the molanders, however we decide to maybe refer to them later, um, they through the exposure to the ooze, maybe they can hear the mountain, and so they know okay. to predict stuff and can like. Okay, pull. I have a massive pitch. May I take a sw- that take gives it. me an amazing idea? I think mm-hmm. this creature that's larger than life itself, this big, this biggin'. You know, that the mole, the mole the salamander lad. is kind of, yes, the certified <laughs> lad. It is a symbiotic relationship because as the mole salamander is carving these tunnels and it moves them around every day, because it's this cool, dry place, the cold desert winds rip through these mountains and in these tunnels, they create tones and the music mm. that this giant creature creates it kind of calls to the mole salamanders, and that's what helps them find their way through the tunnels. That's and so, so it moves sick. every day to create a new song to kind of, oh. the moles kind of follow the music of these tunnels that are created every day to find new paths that are untouched. It follows like the, whoa, the sound you know, waves. the song of the wind. Yeah. That's so Does that work? sick. I love that <laughs> so much. Cause, yeah, because you said it's a symbiotic relationship. And I was like, mm. what if it has something to do with creating, like, I think of wind coming through the mountains. I think of these tunnels. And there would be these, like we said, the rabbit dens, because they would change the pitch. They would, or it's also where our salamander sleepies, where, where the baby goes to rest. But it's very much, if it's, is it eating the stone? Hmm. That is a question I pose to all of you. <laughs> Does just... baby eat the stonesies? Babies could eat stonesies. I'm just imagining this fucking mountain as this massive ocarina now. <laughs> it essentially is just a big ass ocarina. There is something very pleasing to my 80s fantasy loving self with the rock biters. The notion of these like little, well not so little salamander moles just eating rock. Especially okay. if we said it's closer to a vegetable. That was the weirdest way I've ever said vegetable in my life. That is, yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks, you know, Anya. I, I, I'm I glad wasn't that... going to say anything. But... Uh, I think my brain was trying to say two <laughs> words at once and just ended up with vegetal. Anyway, but the notion that their bodies can digest what they need out of what at first glance appears to be rock is sick as hell. And as they get older, they can move on to more complex things to eat. But as babies, they eat rock is just, mm, there's something very pleasing to me about that. I just wrote that they eat the rock slash vegetable flesh of the mountain. Why would you write that? (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm terrible. Yeah. If anyone, dear listeners, have not watched The NeverEnding Story, the first one especially, the second one, but yes, the, there are genuinely creatures that eat rocks. His name is Rockbiter in the second movie, you meet his kid. The 80s was a buckwap time for fantasy movies, and we were lucky for it. So the creature itself, I do like the idea of 
it being strangely an animal, vegetal, because it makes me think that it's it's sort of something of a supernatural kind of being. Mm. Like, this is something that's so big. You know what I mean? Like, it would be some kind of primordial, perhaps, entity, you know? Is this what causes the secret of the ooze? Like, is this some kind of, like, we as researchers would be like, it's some kind of giant animal, but also some weird kind of deity. Like, or, like, spirit, some kind of Zelda-ass giant creature that provides an ecosystem for, you know, is this what the salamander wizards of yore were draining the magical life out of? Mm. And now the salamander little baby that we have now. All I can think of right now is the sandworms in June. So... Not that I don't want these to be that big, but in terms of like big ass creatures having significant impact on the world, just mm-hmm, yep, it's can I, big. Can I ask a question about the salamanders while making a little bit of a pitch? The wizard salamanders or the cave? Wait, here's the thing: <laughs> we did say that the ooze causes a change in evolutionary paths. Are these salamanders eating these stones and creating these tones, these songs? Are they descendants of the salamander wizards of yore? I like mm. that. I think that there have been many papers written <laughs> on that question. I feel yeah. like that's that's like a point of academic debate, like really bitter biology, you know, biology departments pitted against each other, wizarding <laughs> universities having, you know, passive aggressive, you know, grant proposals flying here and there. Like, <laughs> yes, I do like that a lot because it, it almost brings in like a, uh, some people would see it as to say that they are the same is like a fable of morality. Where it's like, oh, because they drained the life from this world and changed, they 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 pushed too hard. They asked for too much. They dug too now deep. Look at them. Yeah, they are punished, and now they they eat the rocks and make the music of the mountain. But some people are like, no, it's just a different fucking animal. Relax. <laughs> but does any? <laughs> what do y'all think? Do you think it's the same creature, or do we want to go like nobody fucking knows? I like. That there's something, there is a definite tie. Uh, my brain is now just stuck in 80s fantasy. You know how in The Dark Crystal, the uh, the original creatures split into the, um, I can not remember the name of the good guy, the Mystics and the Skeksis. Yes. And the notion that something that those wizards did created like this divert, two divergent paths. Okay. And on one path is the giant salamanders of Salamolders. Of the mountain, and on the other hand is the the species that presumably we belong to, as these researchers here. I love that a lot. Where it's, I mean, if we're going down the road of the the ooze causes evolutionary um splits, it could be a theory or it could be fact that this is, you know, and and okay, and because you kept saying they dug too deep. This is that nature, because of the evolutionary split, something is still in their DNA to dig down, to, to go Ooh. down toward the ooze, to just kind of an instinct an instinct of burrowing downward is something within the salamander wizards, it's within the salamanders, is this kind of like, you know, it's, it's just, it's left over from that era, or it's just what these things do. I think 
this is once again kind of the theory, the folklore getting mixed into the science mm-hmm. of the research and kind of causing a murky, murky area. This is the great debate of like, yeah. you know, nature versus nurture. Uh, but in our fantasy world of like, guys, some people are like, they just fucking dig. Let yep. it go. Some people are like, no, but it's because, bro, because they're related to the salamanders of your bro that they fucking <laughs> dig. And you're like, shut up. No. But neither can prove it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say really. I just... have never played this game with academic debate before, and I love it. <laughs> I really tickled by the notion, as we've talked about this spring, like how in our vernacular we have we talk about the primordial soup as this like, which refers to also known as the primordial ooze, prebiotic soup and prebiotic broth. Shout out to scientists, you guys rock. Stop using these words. Ooh. But the notion of there being like the theoretical, just like oh yeah, the primordial soup, primordial ooze, and there is literally this spring. No, it's a literal. The the soup is real. Mm-hmm. The soup is the, the soup is fact. Why is it that primordial soup, like primordial ooze, did nothing to me? But when you said broth, it was like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> the notion that there's just a lot of stuff going on in the. But I just really like the notion that so often it's so like we talk about like where we began, and it's just like oh, it's a metaphor. It's just no, there is literally a spring in the mountains that does this. Are you just like coming back to this academic debate? It's just like, I think it's telling, it's like Plato's cave allegory. It's just like, no, there's literally a spring in the mountains that will do this. It makes me, it just makes me happy as a, as a notion. Do we want to learn one more, de- another detail about this by, did we flip three cards? Well, I, that's just the first one. Hit <laughs> me with another one. Go on really on, quick. I want to, yeah. I want to pitch something as far as like our POV is concerned. What if we're from one of those universities and we have an agenda, like we're trying Ooh. to prove one thing or another with our research here? Sick. That's fun. I'm here for it. We have come to the world building game and we are going to bring characters because <laughs> this is Follow the Leader. <laughs> and we, right. uh, I don't know if you're aware, Ara, but the catchphrase of our podcast since the very beginning has always been, be on our bullshit. Oh so. yeah! If if you if you don't ever leave your bullshit, how does one stay on one bullshit? You know, get back. Oh, how does one get back on one's bullshit if you never fucking left? Mm-hmm. 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 Wise I'm about words. this. I I'm about this life. Excellent. So can someone flip me another card so we can learn the second distinctive, another distinctive feature about our sweet sweet salamander baby? You want to take it, Anya? Yeah. What we got? A jack of spades. All right. Uh, spades are black suit. You Iconic got it? ears. Yes. What shape, what purpose for our salamander mole guy? A creature not typically maybe known for ears. But we've already talked about the importance of song and tone. Oh, and it, it doesn't have to be an ear in the way that we think. Like, you know, like a big mm-hmm. bat or something. It could just be like a little hole on there. Sorry. That sounded so much more suggestive than I meant. <laughs> in reality, I was deep in thought and was like a little, like I thought of like a bird. Like a bird mm. has an ear, but you don't like see it. What if it's, um, if you think about like a nautilus or even just like a human ear, like, but um, there's a particular kind of shell I'm thinking of. It might be a nautilus one, but as far as the outside, like the outside, it does just look like a hole. But if you were to like 
x-ray the creature, you would see like this deep um, spiraling form. It would have to be pretty intense. The, yeah. uh, the, it would have to be a pretty like advanced ear if you are hearing pitches on the wind. Oh, okay. Here is my suggestion to the team. Me, the human, uh, I can't hear the music. But these can with their iconic ears. Mm. Like they can detect the the tones of the wind. The they can paint with all the colors. But no. But like with their very powerful ears, they can hear the intricacies of the wind moving through these tunnels and the music that it creates. But for us, we would just hear like like regular ass. We'd hear wind classic, but they would yeah. hear like fucking a symphony. I love that. These are the kind yeah. of shells I was doing a bad job of describing that I was thinking of, not a Nautilus, but like imagine that as an ear, as a way to transmit Ooh. and process the sound. I love that. I fucks with that. For our listeners, it's the the long pointed triangular kind of spiral. Apparently it's called an auger shell. Apparently. I I am no sea person. But Olga, I am no, I'm a land creature myself. Yeah. I mean, I am uh, English, so I am like probably 70% water-based creature at this point. <laughs> Tiny, shitty little island that we are. Um, Does anybody have any other thoughts about our beautiful, iconic ears? What do they do? What's their purpose? They look like a seashell. An inside-out seashell. Like, or the ear An inside-out seashell. Yeah. That's the canal. Yeah. If not, we can learn another thing about its habits and personality. Ooh. Yeah. Anybody really got anything? I will flip the card if not. Uh, flip that card. Flip it. Four of spades. Ooh. Uh, the four is endemic. This species is found exclusively in this particular region. What prevents it from traveling beyond? Okay, and... that we've already kind of discovered that one. And spades, dozens, hundreds, or thousands of this species live together. Yes. Oh, um, what is the collective the noun? The collective of these creatures. Fuck. What, what if it is a symphony? Oh, fuck. I gotta go take a motherfucking walk. Because <laughs> that bangs. I have left the booth. I'm walking the fuck away. Bye. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm further away now. I'm very far away. That slaps ass. That slaps ass. That clapped me. Uh, that is Fortnite, kids. My <laughs> cheeks have been clapped uh, proficiently. Uh, Victory Royale. Oh, my no. God. No. <laughs> a symphony. Oh, we haven't even named these fucking things yet, have we? We've just been no. calling them like the salamander babies, the moles. We're very bad at naming things here on Follow the Leader. We've we've been called out by games plenty of times where it's like, oh, by the way, you should name this shit. And we're like, oops. Okay, what do we think about let's let's do word let's all build it together this naming convention. What is the first um so first of all we have it lives in the mountains. It lives in a dry kind of glass desert and it eats uh uh some kind of god rock. Um <laughs> uh I did just look up the a uh, scientific name for giant salamanders, which is Cryptobronchiidae. Okay, fuck me. If there's anything you can do with that. Um, 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 um. There's also 
hellbenders. That's that's the word I think I was looking for as well. Excuse me? Yeah, uh, what? Hellbenders? <laughs> that's, what do you mean? It's a kind of giant salamander. That's incredible. Okay. It's a real thing that Holy. exists. <laughs> I was just going to say, because the thing for moles, like their collect is uh, talpidae. Uh, which okay. has got some good sound, good good mouth sounds in it. So, and what was it? Hellbender. Yeah, that's the the kind of salamander, like the giant. It's one of the giant salamanders. May I combine two thoughts here? Yeah. So yes. we said when the sun rises, the mountains rearrange themselves to create new wind. Mm-hmm. Are these the morning bending talpidae? Mm. Or the wind bending, or something with morning, mm-hmm. and I liked Hellbender, so I was like, "God damn!" Yeah. So, is there something about like, does this only happen in the morning? You know, are they active only like as the sun rises and the 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 mountains are moving? You can only catch them because you know at early morning type thing. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, this the sunrise, uh. I've got a, a thing. I'm just writing it down in various permutations until I get. I like what it looks like. Rise benders. <laughs> no, that sounds um, like a kind of avatar. Yeah, I'd say you've learned everything. Now you must learn rise bending. <laughs> um, I'm trying this. The morn bende. I missed the end because I'm. I like the morn thing, but I've also spelled it morn as in mourning, as in the feeling of grieving, because Ooh. I just because of the songs and how okay. maybe humans don't hear it as well whatever don't hear it as music that we would recognize but just okay. like people feel you know how we as humans even if we can't hear certain frequencies it will affect our emotions oh it makes us fucking mourn it makes us sad when we hear it yeah there's something about this makes us sad so the mourn bende mm. The Morn Bende is very good, and the colloquial term, uh, the, the, the collective noun for these creatures is a wailing. Like, Ooh. a wailing of Morn Bede. Wow. Does good that shit. work? I like it. Because I feel like if there were dozens, hundreds, thousands of this species, and we're studying them, mm. and we have this feeling of general, like, you know, grief or sadness when they'd sing, mm. it would feel like like funeral wail, like, you know, people wailing at a funeral, this group of beings just making you feel like collective shit. And oh, I feel like it's um, a great adaptation if you never want to get found. A, <laughs> a, a, a dirge is uh, like a funeral song, right? Yes. Are they a dirge? <laughs> Ugh. Really what if great. a family group is like a dirge? A dirge, um, but a wailing. I love that. A wailing is just a gr- is a group of them enough to make the music. Is a wailing. I love that a lot. Hey, How do we hey, feel? be good, Caro. If you're listening to this, your game fucking rules as always. <laughs> right. all, I've yet to play a Caro game that does not rule. Correct. But this game especially is like, it's, I, I'm always like, it's just big sleepover energy, man. We all <laughs> sitting around going, what do you think about the mole? Sal, I don't know. What if it eats rock? <laughs> what if it this eats game, rock? Game rules. 
And wait, what was the other card you got? Uh, um, it was a seven, right? Or no? What was it? The first one. It was a what of of what endemic. Of all right, I mean, a, a, it was a full. It was endemic. A full. Oh, species of exclusively in this particular region. What? Yeah. What does prevent it from traveling beyond? It's because there's only one of the thing that it eats. The rock. I see. Yeah, it's got to be the and the ooze. The springs here. Oh, the and secret it's... of the ooze. I'm so god. I forgot about the secret of the ooze. How could you forget How about the secret damn... of the ooze? <laughs> I have fucked up. <laughs> I will see myself out. <laughs> I am no ninja turtle. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, how do we feel about moving on? Hell yeah. I fucking love Morn Bidet. The Morn Bidet. The mor- sorry, okay, the Morn Bendet. Got to get that bend in there. The, the Morn like, Bendet. A bidet is uh, something else. <laughs> I know. Something else. It, uh, and, and they do clean your, your parts. Um, no, but, okay. Um, Ooh, so, the next section is Nature in Motion. Listener... After you have answered all the prompts associated with these three cards, you should have a pretty good sense of what this creature looks like and how it behaves. Now you will play out a brief scene highlighting those features and traits in more detail. Establish the frame for the scene. What is the lens through which you're watching this creature's life? Is this a nature documentary complete with musical underscoring and narration? Are you field biologists? Fuck yes! Documenting research notes or written or audio journal? Or is the moment you've seen? Decide as a group. And then we take turns describing the free creature using this frame. So I feel like we said already we were fucking researchers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to describe what we see as field researchers. Perhaps each car, each turn is like a different day. Like this is our own individual research that we found. Yeah. Yeah. Or are we presenting our research to each other? No, I like the day by day and like we're comparing notes because you can't spend too much time directly in there maybe you can't spend more than one day so you have we have to take turns going in because of the impact of the music and everyone's getting like serotonin boosters or whatever just to stop because oh like... i love that you have to to study the morn bidet you have to kind of bring like a like a fun energy with you like you have to bring your favorite things on the trip mm-hmm. you have to bring like a loved one because it's just how strong is the feeling of misery when you're around them? Is it like palpable? You know, like overwhelm. If there's thousands of them, it must be quite a fucking lot. I like this this dichotomy here of just like people. You have to either be super well adjusted or people that are already very like, yeah, I'm depressed. I know I'm depressed, and that's okay. And are just sort of like so equipped to the feeling and so used to being sad. It's sort of like they're almost in harmony with the wailing. Like, yeah, nah, fucking, I feel you. I am too grieving. I yeah, I get, I get you, man. Preaching to the choir. But Love there's that. like these two notions. Like, you just have to take in the same way that like going into any environment that your body is not equipped for. It's just like there has to be certain tools, and even regardless of how well suited you are, it's just like. Don't spend more than X amount of time directly in the cavern system. We do not know what it will do to your endocrine system. Don't risk it. I love that. We've also got to get out of the caverns before the day ends anyway. Otherwise, we could get lost in them as they rearrange. Oh, yeah, the tunnel shift. Yep. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that very <laughs> casual detail about being the ma- trapped in a giant monster's tooth. 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, if you just stay there long enough, maybe just overexposure to the waters of the ooze, uh, you'll be fine. But nobody really <laughs> wants to take that risk. Fuck, this is horrifying. So this is like a great risk to research the Morn uh, Bende. Hmm. But also, like, because they're so hotly debated, this is, like, super prestigious but and dangerous. I love it. In the same way that astronauts have to be, or used to have to be, like, super, like, scientists and do all this, like, training. Yeah, because you'll get crushed by, like, G-force just shooting into fucking space. Mm-hmm. And you gotta know how all the machines work. Exactly. Who would like to draw the first card and go first with the, uh, with what they see? I don't mind going first. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. I will flip a card to see what kind of scenario I'm going to talk the fuck about. I got a king of diamonds, or did I pull two cards accidentally? I got a king of diamonds. Fuck it. Ooh. So, on a king, a birth or death. Holy shit. So, I'm a researcher, and let me set the scene for you. I have been in the in the mountains. I'm I have come to the mouth of this cave. Um, I am running out of time. And I am on my way out. And as I'm at the mouth of this cave, it's been a long day. I haven't seen a single fucking thing. I've heard them. It hurts. I am I have been experiencing a lot of effects of the song of the music i'm pretty low it feels like i feel like dog shit to be completely honest i feel it's exacerbated by the fact that i couldn't find uh, a single morn bidet i couldn't lay eyes on them i'm just hearing them it's this very disorienting feeling almost like a fun house of mirrors but with audio where you're Mm. feeling this you're feeling this weight of this sadness of this mourning You don't know which direction it's coming from because it could be in so many places. It's all around you. You're not actually hearing anything. You're just feeling it. And you're waiting to hear like a scratch or a growl or a something. And just as I've hung up my fucking hat and I am heading out, head held low, I witness the death of a Mornbate. I sadly sit at the mouth of this cave and I, I'm on my way out, and I, I see the morning light uh, waning as it becomes, like, you know, early afternoon. And as I'm at the mouth of this cave, I hear a scratch behind me. And it's this salamandery creature. It's almost got that gray dog face when a dog is a little older. Um, you know, you can somehow tell that this salamander is longer in the tooth. It's got a little limp in its hip. And it's walking, and as I sit down to observe this thing, and I'm and I'm writing my notes and studying this beautiful creature that I've spent the entire day, my entire life, to get to know, I've never seen one so old and so battered. I sit down to take my notes, and as I do, this morn bidet also takes a seat across from me on the other side of the cave and watches the sun continue to rise as it fades from this world. And I feel like they go and bask in the sun in their last moments is they make their way out of this cave that they spend so much time in. And they kind of go and experience the warmth of the sun as they fade on into the next world. Wow. Love that <laughs> so much. Holy shit. <laughs> I've got I, a... just, I don't know. You guys give good ideas. So I just wanted to pick. 
go, go, go. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Okay. Do the Mornbende leave remains? Or is this a case of, like, they dissolve back into primordial ooze that seeps into the ground and eventually finds its way back to the spring? Hmm. Hmm. I think either way is fun. Yeah, I do think either way is a lot of fun. Um, May I suggest? Please. I love the the moving away, uh, like the turning to to ooze or mist or however, and sinking back into. What if the air canal is left like that shell? Oh, the shell! Oh, I love that. It kind of they uh, uh, because they can't feed anymore. It like kind of it hardens. It like crystallizes Mm. almost, like calcifies. Uh huh. And it leaves behind. And think about also how big is this air canal shell? Given how big, yeah, big we've been talking, yeah, is it like as big as a person? Is it like six feet long? Are we talking? Are they that? Are these guys this big? Thinking about the relative ear canal to skull size of most things. Well, now it's real big because you mentioned it. I did mention you that mentioned it, was big. it being real big, so now it is. Uh-huh. Is it like the size of a long sandwich or like the size of a human being? The ear canal shell. I think when they're old, it would have to be very large. It would be like they've spent years, you know, I feel like they've spent years perfecting this technique of detecting the music that the older, the more Mbende, the the more intricate and beautiful that Mm. shell-shaped ear canal would be because they have years of developing this skill and bouncing sound inside of this ear canal and hearing the wind and feeling these things. It would be this grand fucking like sculpture you know yeah, maybe I'm, th- I'm thinking like if this creature say i'm bad with scales has come up uh, when i've been playing games before but if like the head of this uh ancient elder creature is if it maybe what 20 feet across so big but not like comp- and that's just like the head and then if you think about how that. far the air canal has to go. So maybe, like, depending on the size of Mormon Dead, but they could, like, as small as maybe, like, two, maybe as a, a small, cre- a younger one might leave something that's, like, a foot long. But, like, a fully grown elder might leave, um, especially if it's connected either side, like, but I was thinking, like, maybe, like, a six foot long, as, round, as like, thick around as a human person. Like, it big. Also, because it would discourage, but you cannot take them away. They're, I they're love t- that. too big. Well, don't take them away from the mountain. Do you, do you, does anybody else want to go? I'll take the, the next scene. Uh, so for the next scene, I drew, uh, wait, mm-hmm. the, for, did the four of spades end up back in the deck somehow? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If it did, that's fine. You know, who cares? Yeah. I'll... Casual energy. We're looking at clouds. I'm going to I'm gonna redraw. So I've got the queen yeah, of hearts. So uh, for that scene, uh, that is mates or rivals. So I think my researcher, who's definitely not Marius, we're not doing this. Um, Coward. I think, I think my researcher... Manages to stumble on a mating ritual. Um, I don't think that 
the Mornbinde have mating season. I think it's something where they can mate any time of any time of year. Uh, so this is something that could happen at any point, but it's very rarely been seen. And uh, I think there's two competing Mornbinde. Um, hmm. So here's where some of the spec bio comes in. Like, are they sexually dimorphous? Like, do they do they have like distinct sexes, or is it a case of you know any of them can mate with any of them and produce viable offspring? I mean, my Quinn on binary ass is like well, the latter, obviously. I mean, same, but I didn't want to just unilaterally yeah. say what that. What is di- we've seen like variants in size and like maybe colorations. But it doesn't appear to be on any kind of um we we've we've yet to figure out what causes these differences. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. So we we just plain don't know what and we may not even know what characteristics mates are selected for. So as far as I can tell, there's just these two these two Mornbende that are you know completely different going through let's let's say some sort of dance to music that i can't even hear like maybe maybe i have some sort of detector that comes close to mimicking the uh ear canal of a mature mornbende uh, so, like, I can get some sort of readout on what the music is doing, but it, you know, I can't hear it. And so I can tell that they're dancing to that music, but I can't tell exactly, like, how their motions line up. Um, but it's really clear that these two, these two specimens that are dancing are like, oh god, are they just having a dance-off? Yes, they are now. <laughs> um, so they're just having a dance off, and it's it's the most peculiar thing. I'm I'm able to push aside the sadness because I'm just a I'm so excited to see this, and b I'm a little bit baffled because that's what it looks like to me. And uh, I think, like, I can't really tell who's winning or losing until the uh the one that's being courted comes up to let's say uh a brown and black spotted one and produces some sort of like shiny pebble that they give to the winner I love this very much I love this I like I love a courtship ritual I love it a lot so yeah, that's that's how you're feeling. Yep, that's... you feeling that one. I like that. I like it. I like it being complex because I I like I what I yes no I like a comp. It makes sense based on the region that we're in that it would have to be a little more complicated, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the they'd have to find each other and things and using it. It's Yes, all of this fits. I fuck with it. Toy. Anybody else want to go? 
You want to go, Anya? Optional. Uh, sure. I mean, or we can move on to creating the second creature. Um, no, yeah, let's do more creatures. Okay, cool. So, uh, natural selection. Uh, we move the leftmost creature card to the far right. Uh, so the cards are arranged in new order. I may have uh, fucked that up because I did not read that <laughs> properly. So it's totally okay. We can also just pull a new card. You know, it doesn't. The game is meant to be rules light. That's true. Do we want to just draw all new cards? We could. And then figure out its place in the world, and then, uh, uh, and then honestly, we could. I feel like between the level of our creativity, if we found a new animal, we can find its place in this world and honestly wrap it there. Sure. Yeah. Sounds great. I'm down. All right. Well, then, you'd want to grab the next card and we'll start building this new creature. Yeah. Uh, King of Diamonds. Uh, so diamonds is birds or fish. Uh, raptors, songbirds, flightless birds, corvids, sharks, eels, rays. And sorry, what was the other one? What was the num the value on the card? Oh, king. King. An apex predator. Ooh. Okay. Is this what eats uh, the Mornbende? Or is this the big creature that they live in its teeth? Christ. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> is that an apex predator? I would assume not, because uh, that's not because it's in symbiosis with them. So that's true. As terrifying as this truly giant apex, I mean, I'm not saying a symbiotic relationship can't also have one of them being a predator, but so is it? An it's another animal in the cave system or outside of the cave system. Well, we do have this big ass tree. What if I had some really big-ass birds? I'm always here for big-ass birds. Me too. <laughs> yes. So a big-ass apex predator bird? Yeah. Love that. And I mean, I'm just thinking, like, there are birds that will, like, go underground. They're not many, but there are bird species that will, like, go underground to get creatures. Like... The notion of a giant ass bird that will like go into the caves to eat the giant salamanders, uh, sorry, the Monbende, is terrifying in the best way. I love that a lot. I'm imagining like they have to have really long beaks mm. to help with both like using it as a weapon to stab but also like extending their reach within the within the tunnels oh good news guys the burrowing owl uh can be found in deserts so there we go there is a notion <laughs> um this is hilarious and upsetting i've got to look up a bur burrowing owl they're just very good looking lads oh they're so cute yeah. So maybe they don't need a long beak. I know they they there implies there has to be a level of dexterity there unless it's just super comfortable just like squeezing it around in tunnels. And I'm just now thinking about something that lives outside 
but can go underground to find food. Like, imagining just watching how big their eyes must be. Or maybe... Oh, that's very true. Or what if they have a second set of eyes for when they're underground with, like, massive pupils? They're, like, the predator eyes. on the Not like the predator is in the, the alien kind of predator, but just, like, in the way that predator animals tend to have the forward eyes... Yes. Um, mm. Whereas prey animals tend to be able to. So, what if uh, this this b- massive bird has sort of like eyes off onto like the side, like three quarters forward, but when it's underground, like these extra eyes like open up on the front with like massive pupils to let in as much. They're on the top of its beak. They're above its beak, like the Beetlejuice lobby scene. You know mm. the face that they make. Yes. It's it's. There's the, the you know, the animal of prey eyes are on the mm. side, but when it's go time and it's time to get some nom-noms, the say, your literal, like, Sharon gone second eye mm. opens and on top of your beak. I love that, because often when you <laughs> think about a bird beak, often, like, they have their little nostrils at the top, and at first glance of these birds, maybe people think, oh, that's just nostrils, right? Like, my bird. Then if you happen to, because people... Humanoids aren't going to see them underground and just watch these massive eyes just fucking open. I love that a lot. Hi, hello. Welcome to Follow the Leader, where we have created this literal nightmare bird. I Nightmare bird. I love them a lot. How do you feel about the uh, nightmare birds, Anya? I love nightmare birds. <laughs> Anything you want to add to them to make them more nightmarish? Uh, maybe something about their call, like the noise Ooh. they make. It would have to be in O. Do they know how to lure the Morn Bende using sound? Or they disrupt maybe. the sound. Okay. Like a counter melody. Like... <laughs> it's happy. that's wow that just got me in the best way in the same way like they could play the same like playing the same song but in a major key rather than a minor key yeah like that's fun i love that um they are uh they are colloquially known these birds as switchbacks because Mm. of their nature to be like these playful like when we see them outside of these caves and their eyes are open on the side just looks like a regular bird and it's singing a song that makes us kind of feel really nice but then if you were to be in the caves they change to this predator singing this kind of joyful joyful song of death <laughs> it's they're they're casually known as switchbacks in like the birding community Oh, I got a pitch uh, spinning on that. We were talk. I was. I know. I initially was describing them as being this big, like, big thing. What if, rather than it being singular, what if it's like swarms of them go into the caves, like bats or like locusts? Oh, oh, that's horrid, and I like it. Hmm. Like, I like it a lot. A single, because just what you were saying about like. He, to to the humanoids are like oh okay. like maybe they're like super colorful and things like, like they're very appealing to bird watchers um but i'm just thinking uh, this is a riff on something that uh, had happened in but um in a in a game earlier this week if you've seen hellboy 2 um for our listeners there's this scene uh with 
Guillermo de Toro's take on the Tooth Fairy. Uh, and there is yep. literally this swarm of them, and they will eat everything it down to the bones, like like a piranha, like or like a the movie version of a piranha. Like they will strip down anything they can get their hands on, but they really like. Can to I give eat. a pitch about the birds? Uh huh. You said there's a lot of them that go in at once. Mm. The song they make is different than uh the morn ben, morn bidet and the, that kind of music each one just kind of squeaks a single note and when they're together oh. it makes a song so each bird sings a different note when they're together that makes the song that makes people feel happy but also it's like they're uh um it's sort of like they enter they enter a state of like they a trance that they mm. sing the song to like hype themselves up to get them in it's their hunting song mm. is the is the happy tune that you hear when in reality each one is just singing a different pitch but when they're all together the swarm of them makes this happy horrifying hunting song as they go into the caves to devour stuff dope i would like to pause it because we we changed the mornbinde group name uh from symphony mm. to dirge uh and uh to um mm. wailing how about these are the ones where the group is called the symphony oh baby i like that i love that i was also going to suggest a choir ooh i like that better god yes oh god maybe a hunting group is a choir i but, love that. like as a collective keep the symphony i like it a lot so how do we feel? I feel really good about these terror birds. I love them. <laughs> yeah. Because you can just kind of end whenever and be like, I feel good about where this world is and this eco. Like, we know a lot. Y'all, I don't know if you guys know, we did a good job. I feel like we played the shit out of this. I feel we played the shit out of this. Between all of us collectively just being fucking nerds and excited about these animals... We learned a lot about this really cool ecosystem called, what's the tree called? Well, we were just calling it the mother tree, but... Ugh, I like mother tree. I like the mother tree, but I do like the... I st it's still yore. Y'all did that. Mm. The salamanders of yore. Mm -hmm. Salamander wizards of yore. I think that we should have, like, a more scientific name for the mother tree since we're, we're here from a mm. university... And uh, we have true. academic agendas. Mm hmm. Hmm. Is oh. it. Mm. Go on. Go on, Aaron. I was thinking something of creation or like the, you know, not the tree of creation, but like the pillar of creation. The Because it's so central to everything here. Like everything revolves around this. Yeah. I like, I like pillar a lot. Okay. Um, Oh, what if we um using pillar um uh, the notion of overture as in it started everything? It's at the beginning. Oh, baby, Ooh. the overture pillar. Mm. The pillar of the overture, or just the uh. What about the overture canopy? Because Ooh, uh, we've got that. a huge tree. It's got to have a huge canopy, right? Mm, good I shit. like that a lot. So the overture canopy, 
Mm. Wow. And all of the life that's like underneath of its canopy. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, and, like, uh, and it creates. For the, for the mountain, uh, the auditoria. Fuck. Okay. This slaps ass. How do we <laughs> feel uh, wrapping up on that? <laughs> on auditoria and the, the, the my God, the, the overture canopy and the auditoria. The two ecosystems that house our beautiful um, Morn Bende and our switchbacks. This is very fun and good. Yeah. Fuck. This game slaps. Um, Woo! Well, y'all, uh, it feels like uh, this story has uh, at least not come to an end, but come to a maybe an end of a chapter. Um, our grant money ran out. Our grant money ran out. Uh, so, um, this has been Exquisite Biome. Um, what's Caro's itch where people can buy this game? Oh, is it just boy. Caro? Uh, is it just Caro Assertion? It's, yeah, it's uh, C Excursion. .itch.io. So, yeah, C like, -E and yeah, then sure. Excursion, like you're going on an adventure. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on and playing with us today. Uh, this thank has been a hoot. Uh, what uh, would you like to tell our listeners who maybe don't know about your other podcast where you tell equally yeah. buck wild stories and get up to <laughs> shenanigans? So I am co-creator of the All My Fantasy Children podcast with Jeff Stormer. It is a world building, storytelling and character creation podcast every episode. We take a listener-submitted prompt, and we use games just like Exquisite Biome. I just released an episode where we make the prompt was Tall Geese, and we used Exquisite Biome to create the story of giant geese that control the seasons in our world. And we use each episode to kind of further develop an original fantasy world with magic systems, character classes, character, uh, cultures, cities, everything, using sometimes indie games, sometimes ideas from our own childhood and where we grew up together to create an original fantasy world devoid of harmful tropes and shitty feels. And that is All My Fantasy Children. You can find us wherever you download podcasts. And it's a hoot. If you love this sleepover type energy of spitting ideas back and forth and building on cool ideas that will later on pay off in another episode when we do a callback to that monster. It's not an actual play. It's not a big driven thing. It's kind of just big sleepover energy of two really close best friends talking about their fan favorite fantasy tropes and sometimes making dumb things like fantasy soda. It's fun. Listen to all my fantasy children if you like this kind of dumb energy. Hell yeah. But like fun. It's like wholesome and fun. Like I really loved this playing with y'all. Um, I, I feel like We've all gotten a lot closer, and like it, it provided me a nice level of comfort in meeting you all, and it's it's been really a joy to be on this show. I'm really appreciative for you having me. It was really fun to play with you. Absolutely, yeah. we'll have to have you back sometime. Go, come. We've done something. This was Aaron's suggestion. I'm so glad you brought this to us, and um, we can throw you into some of our more character-driven nonsense. And uh, yes, please. Hell yes. Um, as well as Aaron, we've had the other members of Team A. We've had Anya. I'm still Anya. Woo. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Woo. August. Uh, I've been August. You can still find me on Twitter for the time being at HarpyDora, on Tumblr at Strange Harpy, uh, the stuff I've written at harpydora.itch.io. 
I've been Jade, still online at Jade Oxford Rose, still they, them pronouns. Um, you can find the show at FTL Cast in various platforms. Uh, if you'd like to maybe chuck some money our way, uh, patreon.com forward slash FTL Cast. It helps us pay for guests. It helps us look after our website. And you get all sorts of fun bonus content. We do so much Patreon content, you guys. Uh, check it out. We're very proud of the work that we do. Um, and if not, uh, just share it with a friend. And if you've enjoyed this episode, talk to us about it. Either on twitter uh or in our discord server we would love to hear from you um i think that's it for today so let's let's do a clap let's do a clap It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!